0: Good morning. Hey, good morning again. <clears throat> well, I, I'm the administrative pastor here at Church the Valley. I would just want to welcome you here um, this morning. I'm excited to have you with us uh, today. We're beginning a new series um, that's going to be a little different than, than what we, we do, um, because we're going to take the next four weeks to take a look at the life and impact of a man who comes up quite often. Um, quite often around here in our messages as, as we, uh, as we talk about him. His name is Paul. Now, if, if you've been coming around here for a while, you've likely heard, um, you've recognized the name, you've, you've heard some of the stories. He's written a lot of letters, um, in the Bible. If you're newer to church, you get the next four, four weeks to learn more about who he is and why it's even important to, to spend four weeks, um, on him. You might be wondering, uh, how could a man who lived so, so long ago, um, how could that be worth spending the, the time to, to look at over the next four weeks? Or why did I give up my sleep to come hear some biographical details about, about this guy? Um, or why would you call him the most influential man in his world? I don't know if you if you've seen those beer commercials um, that they talk about the most interesting man in the world and they advertise outlandish made up um, facts about this guy Um, facts like he has shirts that don't wrinkle or he's both left handed and right handed or his business card simply says I'll call you. They're marketing this beer to men, um, and, and they're saying, hey, your life's not that interesting, but if you drink our, our beer, we, we can we can help you be more interesting. When it comes to Paul, the, these facts aren't made up. This is real. He was a real man who lived in the first century. He was a real person, and he's still impacting us and the world today. So we're, we're going to take a look at his life. Um, and you might have more in common with him than than you think so so who is Paul? Who is he? Um, before he became a Christian in Jewish standards, he was about as successful as they come. Um, he represented the very best of the Jewish religious system. He had bragging rights in in his world, and he accomplished what really mattered in his society. in fact, these these words um, we're, we're summed up in this verse. So let's take a look at Philippians 3, uh, 4 through 7, where he talks about what, what he's done, what he's accomplished. If anyone else thinks he has a reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the tri- of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Now to us that... That doesn't really sound like, like a much. It doesn't sound like he's bragging. You know, He's, he's putting out his resume. And, and back then, this is, this is a big deal, what he's talking about. When he says circumcised on the eighth day, what he's saying is that was the practice of pure-blooded Jews, was to be circumcised on the eighth day. He's saying, I have followed the Jewish law since I was born. He's saying, I, I have done that. When he says of the people of of Israel, um, his parents were both Jewish. He's saying, I I come from this. And actually, his lineage can be traced back to Abraham, who is the father of Israel. Then when he says of the tribe of Benjamin, the, the tribe of Benjamin was a tribe of great honor and esteem. It's actually where the first king of Israel came from. And then he sums it all up saying a Hebrew of Hebrews. Basically, he's saying, I'm the man. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. You know, we might say he came from good stock. It might be something we would say. So let's, let's continue on. As to the law, a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, Blameless. So when he says a Pharisee here, what, what he's saying is he was a member of the strictest religious group around. They followed the law. He was a member of it. When he says a persecutor of the church, the Pharisees, they they did not believe Jesus was the son of God. And so when he says he persecuted the church, that means, you know, I, I was on the forefront of making sure we we kept our religious law intact. And then when when he talks about as to righteousness under the law, blameless. In his eyes, he thought he lived a pretty blameless life, pretty faultless. He, he he had done what really mattered. Just imagine that that you lived up to everything that really mattered in your society. You you lived up to it all. That was Paul before he, he met Jesus. He had lived up to everything that mattered in his society. He was the man. But then look what he says in verse 7 here. He says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. So he ends his resume. He's, he's giving us all of the, the facts of, of why he, why he, had more to brag about in his flesh than anybody else. And then he says, I count it all as loss for the sake of knowing Christ. So this ending to his resume, it just begs the question, what happened? How did God get Paul's attention? What did God do to make this man who had everything? He had everything in his society that was important. What what did he do to get his attention? You've heard of the American dream. Paul was living the equivalent in his society. He had the accomplishments. He, he had the status. He had the power. He had it all. So what happened to him that would make him give, give, give all of that up? Why did Paul's life dramatically change? The story of, of Paul's conversion to believing in Jesus Christ is where it all begins. It's a turning point for, for his life. And so what we're going to do today as we set up this message as as an introduction to who Paul is, is we're going to read through the the whole story um, in Acts 19, 1 through 9. We're going to take a look at the whole thing. There's an additional handout in your program that has that whole story on there. We thought it'd be easier to follow along on that than on the screens, um, but it'll be on the screens as well if you want to read through that. But we're going to read through it. We're going to see this dramatic conversion of a man who's persecuting. Christians, persecuting those who believe in Jesus, to turning to belief. One thing to note as we read this is that Saul equals Paul. Uh, Paul's name before he came to Christ was Saul. So when it, when it says Saul in here, we're talking about Paul. So let, let's take a look at Acts 9, 1 through 19. But Paul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to to the high priest, and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So, Paul is on his way to, to find people belonging to the way, and the way is believers, they believed Jesus was who he said he was, the Son of God. So, he's on his way to find people and put them in jail for believing that. Let's continue on. rise and go to the street called straight and at the at the house of judas look for a man of tarsus tarsus named saul for behold he is praying and he has seen in a vision a man named ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight but ananias answered lord i have heard from many about this man how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who care, who all who call on your name. In other words, he's saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! This guy—he's not good news. He's going to hurt me." Um, it, let's, let's keep going. But the Lord said to him, "Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles, and kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him." how much he must suffer for the sake of my name so ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him he said brother saul the lord jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent has sent me so that you may regain your sight and he filled and he filled ah i lost it and be filled with the holy spirit and immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. What a story. God gets Paul's attention as he's on his way to persecute those who believed Jesus was was God's son and died on the cross for their sins. And God blinds him so that he can finally see the real truth. That Jesus is who he said he was. After his dramatic conversion to following Christ, Paul's life, it it changed. He became the pioneer of the Christian movement. God God leads him to reach out to the Gentile world. So to those who who were non-Jewish, he he leads him to reach out to those who don't um, know Christ yet and aren't Jewish. Here, here's a quick video, a quick interactive timeline that just shows you what, what Paul did after, um, after he converted to Christ. So let's take a look at this. This just gives you a good, broad overview of what he did um, in, in about two minutes. Uh,
1: Jesus uh, was crucified and rose from the dead uh, for all practical purposes, 33 uh, A.D., And then the church began, and then Antioch becomes the center of the movement, not Jerusalem. They were kicked out of Jerusalem. And then the Apostle Paul goes on a missionary journey. He's sent from the church of Antioch, and that's his first journey, goes into southern Turkey. His second journey, he goes back and sees those churches, and then Paul starts his third journey. And on his third journey, he is raising support... For the poor in Jerusalem, goes back to the original churches, goes to Ephesus. He spends two years in Ephesus and he writes a letter to the church at Corinth, first Corinthians. Then he goes back to Macedonia, which is the area that Philippi, Berea and Thessalonica are in. He writes a a second letter to the Corinthians from Philippi, that's second Corinthians. And then he travels down from Macedonia, travels back uh, to Corinth, and then he stays a good while Uh, In Corinth. And while he's in Corinth, this is all about in Acts 20. He writes the letter to the church in Rome. Then he leaves Corinth, goes back to Macedonia, goes to Philippi again. This will be his last time in Philippi. He goes back to uh, the coast and then to Jerusalem where he's arrested. Paul's arrested and he spends two years in a jail in Caesarea along uh, the ocean. And then because he's a Roman citizen, he appeals uh, to the emperor. And after those two years, he then travels and he's shipwrecked on his way to Rome, goes to Rome. And he is under a kind of a house arrest while he is in Rome, while he's in Rome. He writes what we call the prison letters, the prison epistles. And Philippians is one of those. So
0: there you see what Paul did after God got a hold of him and and redirected his life. If you flip open the New Testament part of the Bible, you're going to find 13 letters that that Paul wrote um, along that journey that, that we just saw there. And these letters were copied and circulated uh, among the churches because they contained core teaching. They they answered questions that people had that were going on. And as you saw in the the video, he eventually ends up on trial in Rome, which Rome was the power center of the ancient world. He ends up on trial there where he testifies before Roman leaders and the emperor about Jesus before he was beheaded by by Nero, the emperor. The story of of how Paul comes to Christ, it's amazing. But you know what? Most of us aren't really going to have that same experience. Most of us aren't going to be blinded for three days. And and then um, God lets us see again. Being blinded, hearing the voice of Jesus himself, it's not the norm when when people um, begin to follow Christ. And so that begs the question: what, what does Paul's story mean for us? What does it mean for me? What, what, what does this have to do with me living today and what, what I'm, I'm trying to do? Well, Paul's story, it shows us a lot about grace. Grace is the free or unmerited favor of God. Believing in Jesus means that, that we believe He did what we could not. He was God's son who lived a perfect life and died on the cross, conquering death because he had lived that perfect life and creating a way for us to have a relationship with God. We didn't earn that. There's nothing we could do to earn that or to restore our relationship with God. In Paul's story, it shows us that grace is offered to those who try to prove their worth but come up short. Paul worked really hard ...at what he thought was good. He thought that these followers of Christ were troublemakers... ...and that they were deceived. And so he persecuted them. He, he said, I'm going to take care of this problem. I'm going to persecute those who follow the way. There's something valuable to learn from that, that attitude, that thought. And that is, just because you're doing what you think matters... ...doesn't make it right. Just because we're, we're living our lives in the way that we think matters... It doesn't make it right. We live in a culture where we're told to follow your dreams, follow your heart, focus on making yourself happy. That's that's what's going to bring you happiness. Be successful. That's where you're going to find true fulfillment. Paul thought he was doing right. He thought he was going after the right things. But as we saw in that Philippians verse, in the end, he counts it all as loss. So what are some things that that you're convinced you're doing that's right, that, that in the end, you might just count all as loss. Is there some, some things that you're working really hard at, like Paul, but it, it, they're going to turn out to be the wrong things? We can also learn through, through this story that grace is offered to those who think they are too far gone. No matter how, how far gone you think you are, um, as far as, as following Christ, no matter how bad you've been in the past, God's grace is sufficient to cover it all. Take a look at what Paul calls himself in 1 Timothy 1.15. He says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Paul's saying he was the chief of sinners, He's saying, I was bad, I thought I was doing right, but it turns out I wasn't. But even me, the chief of, of sinners, can find the grace of God. What's so interesting about Paul's story is, is not just what, what personally happened to Paul, but how, how God got Paul's attention. Paul was living his life as it made sense to him. Um, And he had set his priorities and goals in line with what made sense to him. Yet his life would take a dramatic turn the moment God got his attention. It took him traveling on a road, being knocked down to the ground, and blinded. And then not to mention Jesus talking to him, saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This is a great picture of us. You know, we're, we're all traveling on a road to the destination of what we think is important. What, what we have decided um, is important to us. Yet many times we never stop to ask, is, is where I'm headed actually going the right way? We can just get into autopilot mode and just go, 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 go. And we don't ask that question. Is where I'm going, is that really um, where I want to be, where, where I want to end up? Is my identity and goals wrapped up in what I think is important? Or have I taken the time to consider what's important to God? You may be investigating Christianity and still skeptical about following Jesus and, and what that means. Yet it's still a, a good opportunity to ask, why, why do I do what I do? Paul wasn't consider, even considering this question. Yet God got his attention. And his life was, was changed. Another point we can learn from Paul's story is God gets our attention to help us to live for what really matters. We may not be knocked down, blinded, hear the audible voice of, of Jesus, but God still uses things today to get our attention. So how does God get our attention today? Well, one way is through our wallet and finances. Um, sometimes through blessing, you know, we have some extra money. We start to think, oh, how can I use, how can I use some of my money to, to help what God's doing? Or the opposite could be true. We're struggling financially. We don't know how we're going to make ends meet. And so we cry out to God, ask him for help, possibly for the first time to see how can I how should I use my money? Another way God gets our attention is through pressures in life. When we face trouble at our job or in our relationships, at home, with our families, or we just can't find the time to do all that we're committed to, God can use that to get our attention. Some of the biggest lessons that that I've learned have have just come from pressure in my life. And then looking to the Bible and and asking people who know more about the Bible and asking them, how can I apply what the Bible says to, to this? To this situation, this pressure I'm feeling or people. God brings along people to help us uh, to God brings along people to get our attention. Um, People, they they can be by example, giving us examples to follow of of how to live. Um, Or there could just be people in your life that that they know you, you, you're open and honest with them and they speak truth to you. They tell you the truth. Hey, you need to stop doing that. Knock it off um in a nicer way than knock it off usually but um there's people they can help you and then uh reading the bible it's also key a key way god gets our attention his word the bible encourages corrects it illuminates right from wrong second timothy 3 16 and 17 says all scripture is god breathed useful for teaching rebuking and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God uses the Bible to redirect us to get back on the right path. I was looking through my notes this morning um, uh, from when I read the Bible and spend time with God. And as I was looking through the the notes, I I could see just all these, these little corrections of God. Saying, hey, you, you need to make an adjustment here or an adjustment there. Um, one of them was I. Sometime earlier this year, I read Ephesians 4:29, and it says, "Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up, according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen." And in my notes, I I wrote, "I've been in a funk recently, and I haven't even been thinking about other people's and what other people and what I'm saying." Um, To be a benefit to them that didn't cross my mind For for the week or two before I read that verse And god really corrected me He said Use your words to build people up It's not about you. Don't be so selfish God getting our attention. It's not always a complete 180 degree turn like like it was in paul's story Sometimes it's just one degree To get us back on the right track one degree to turn us back to, to get on the right path. Another way God can, can get our attention is just through the supernatural. Um, like, like we see in Paul's story. You know, those were some out of the ordinary things that happened. Um, people throughout the world have had dreams or, or visions about Jesus Christ. And that causes them to consider Jesus for the, for the first time. And, and they turn to the God of the Bible. It's not the norm in America. But that happens through, throughout the world and, and some in America. Like we see with Paul, Jesus talks to him. He's blinded for three days, and then he can see again. Supernatural things happen to Paul. Paul's conversion is to believing in Jesus Christ. It changes the course of his life. He, he thought he was living for the right things. He had success. He had power. Uh, he had influence. He had accomplishments, but it turned out he was deceived and living for the wrong things If you choose to follow christ, it changes your life. It changes what you're 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 living for it Changes your priorities It helps you to live for the things that really matter eternal things things that last I hope you can join us for the the rest of the series um, Because we're, we're going to take a look at Paul, how paul's life changed over the 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 times from when he became a, a follower of Christ, and so we're going to take a look at that over the next three weeks. I hope you can come back and join us for that. As I wrap up the message today, I'd like to invite the the worship team to come back on stage, and um, I, I'd like to have you pull out that connection card uh, that Matt talked about earlier, begin filling out any information that you didn't get a chance to fill out earlier. And then I'd also like to highlight on the back of that connection card, there's some next steps that you might want to take in response to the message today. When the offering ushers come around, you can drop those cards um, in the offering uh, baskets. So here's some next steps you might want to take um, in in response to the message today. The, The first one is, for the first time, I commit my life to Christ as Savior and Lord. Maybe you've never taken that first step. Um, And and like like Paul hadn't taken that first step, Um, and you want to do that today. Uh, Another next step is to identify an area God is is using to get my attention. Um, Is God trying to get your attention right now? Is there something he's trying to do? And then uh, the final next step you might want to do is just attend the rest of the series. Um, Let's pray, and then after I pray, I'm going to give us a little time for just reflection on the message, to think through. What God, might be, be, uh, what God might be saying to you today. So let's pray. Lord, we, we thank you for today. We thank you for the example of, of Paul's life, that he wasn't perfect, that he was going his own way, but he turned to you and you used him. He was your instrument to do what was right and, and good. And I thank you for that example. And I just pray that you would speak to us, show us what you want us to take from this message and apply to our lives. Jesus name. Amen. So there's a couple questions um, that, that I just want to spend some time, give you a, a 30 seconds to a minute just to think through. Um, the, the first is, how is God trying to get my attention? Is there something um, as we were going through the message today that God's trying, you, you realize, you know what? God is trying to get my attention through my wallet or through some people in my life. Is there something that God's doing to try and get your attention? Or, and then, is, there, is God trying to redirect you in any way? Is there some way that God is trying to redirect um, your life? So Andy and the band is just going to play through a little instrumental for about 30 seconds to a minute. Go ahead, think through that, take some notes. Um, and then he's going to lead us through the, the offering song and the, and the close of the service.